Welcome back, Poggers, to another episode of The Pog State. I'm Atlas. I am, of course, joined by the Valdanalyst and Wolf here to help us break down the planes. Unfortunately, Chronicler couldn't be here because he's on the other side of the planet. Um, he will be calling in, though, every now and again. We don't have a teddy bear for him. Why don't we get a teddy bear for him? I don't know. He's not as cool as you. <laughs> Might be it. Um, also, yeah. he did, he did badmouth the uh, MSI champions on broadcast, so... Maybe he's in the naughty Punishment, corner? yeah. He's in purgatory already at the LCS studio, so... Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, so, gentlemen, plans almost have concluded. At the time of this recording, we are yet to see uh, a couple of the best of fives, um, but I think we kind of know what's going to happen here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mad Lions did manage to take down uh, Saigon Buffalo earlier today in uh, our current time right now, and uh, DFM just came off a victory over Loud. And I don't think anyone's surprised by any of these results. And when DFM lose to RNG tomorrow, we're also not going to be surprised about that. Um, EG versus Mad? Wolf? Is that just Mad? I think it's just Mad. I, I, I think Mad has actually looked much, much, much stronger than most of the teams on the other side of play-in. So I, uh, I, I think it's, it's going to be pretty cut and dry, those final best of fives. They've also now played a best of five. So... Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> they got that out of their system they before they hit did. EG. They got, no one can say anything. Yeah, anymore. no uh, more memes. Uh, no more <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Wolf. Like uh, Group B was much stronger. So um, Mad, I think they're just going to probably roll over. Maybe like a three-one. I think EG, you know, like Saigon Buffalo won with Vain Top against Mad. So <laughs> anything is possible. Maybe that means that EG gets an extra game, but it should be a pretty solid win for Matt, you would think. Yeah, I'm just sad that there's probably not going to be as much more um, Zach mid um, going uh, further into the tournament. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe we'll see some more experimentation. Maybe uh, Faker heard Quickshot bad-mouthing him about mm. his uh, Zach mid that failed to win um, until Froggy uh, took over. Uh, a very, very <laughs> weird statistic uh, is the fact that uh, Faker has played Zach mid in a game he uh, was not exactly trying his hardest in. Um, anyway, uh, let's talk about DRX just uh, momentarily, gentlemen, because I think uh, they surprised all three of us. Um, I didn't. I, I thought that there was going to be, you know, difficulty for them to get out of the group, perhaps. I but thought they just smashed it. I thought there were two big things that really surprised me um, from out of the gates. First of all was Pioshik being the, the starting jungler and performing pretty well, especially in that first match against RNG. And the second thing that surprised me was that DRX seemed to have a pretty good read on the meta, uh, despite having, obviously, of the LCK teams, the least amount of time to prepare before they're playing official matches. Um, and also, they were the team that had to play the longest on previous patches. Obviously, they were playing in play-ins or not play-ins, uh, world's qualifiers here yep. in Korea. So they were playing a ton, and so they were not able to practice very much, obviously just like everyone else in play-ins, but still had a pretty good read on the meta, uh, arguably the best out of both groups. Um, and they showed a lot of versatile drafting, and Kingen's playing decently well. And the things that we're worried about, worried about Pioshek, will Kingen perform? You're not worried about Deft. You're not really worried about Zekka, especially in this meta. Especially now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and... DRX look really strong. Um, I think the consistency, we'll see. It was easier opponents, obviously, um, than what they will have to face in groups. But it's looking pretty good right now. I'm pretty optimistic. 
Yeah, I, I mostly agree. Um, I would like to say as well, just to build upon that, like in my mind, I was actually very sure that DRX would make it at least first or second in the group. Obviously, we didn't really expect them to beat RNG, but it was a best of one, and I think RNG's been sleepy the entire yeah. play-in, so I think DRX caught them off guard. DRX were very well prepared. Like Wolf was saying, they caught them early because they that was one of their first best of ones. So DRX got in early. They got that hard matchup out of the way. And the other thing is that I think right now LCK and LPL are like, very far ahead, like miles ahead of the other regions, especially like Mad Lions, even at the fourth seed of LEC. Like, I think that DRX and RNG should be very highly ranked. Now, DRX did look a little bit rough in the LCK uh, coming into this one. That was something that was quoted many times on on the desk over there in the LCS studio. Yeah. Um, also, um, just talking about how like you know we're not really sure how this team is going to do. Like they don't they didn't look that good. Like. How are they going to do? But in my mind, I was just like, no, no, no. Like, they didn't look that good against really actually strong teams at the LCK. Like, they had some really strong um, opponents here, like Live Sandbox especially. And they were able to push through. So in my mind, I'm like, LCK really far ahead of LEC right now. I think they're going to at least get through in second. So nice surprise that they get through in first. But uh, not too surprised for me that they did get out at least uh, and had a strong performance in play-ins uh, for now. Yeah, and I'm actually, um, I, I agree with you. I think that DRX could be 4 and one I think it's if RNG had have turned up and actually drafted something that had the potential to win the game, um, that would have been really, really good. The <laughs> Neela composition into a Tristana face-up was uh, just a really odd choice. Um, and I think DRX, as you mentioned, like their preparation and their drafting outside of the mad game, that one made me very upset because drafting three losing lanes is very disrespectful, and boys, you've just got to not do that. Um, and then they went ahead and lost the early game horrendously and then still managed to win, which was, yeah, a little bit sad, yeah. because that made it look like DRX were not that great. And yes, Zeka was an absolute, absolute hero in that one, but that's not how you set yourself up for success. And if they draft like that against anyone in their group, literally anyone, <laughs> then they will just get completely clobbered. That's yeah. the ones. Yeah. Well, you're talking about group stage. Yeah, sorry, group yeah, stage, like, yeah. So um, I'm talking about GAM Esports, Top Esports, and Rogue. And those teams yeah. should be able uh, to take advantage. But even Rogue's any, a difficult Even one. anyone in plans, you know, they could have caught them off guard if they... Yeah. I mean, Mad know. basically did. Yeah, they did. DRX were good enough to pull it through. I think Mad made that one mistake. The Baron Cole, yeah. yeah. Um, which happens, you know, that, that even happens in the LCK as well, so... DRX got a little bit lucky with that one, but they almost got bo would by uh, <laughs> the good old Mad Lions. I think Mad Lions, um, similar to my expectations for DRX being really exceeded quite significantly, I think Mad Lions actually showed up and did way better in this group than I thought they would. Going into this group, I thought they might even be behind Saigon Buffalo. I thought this team looked yeah. very weak in the LEC, but they prepared well. I think Niski's having a good tournament so far, so uh, Mad Lions... Props to them. I just want to give them a shout out because I think that they did play well against DRX. They did punish DRX strategically really yeah. well with good macro in that game that they almost beat DRX in. Weren't able to do it in the end, but um, I think DRX made some mistakes in that game. And Pioshek missed a few critical ults and losing lanes, as you mentioned, uh, Atlas. But Mad Lions looking okay. So I don't feel that bad about almost losing to them because no, they look to be better than I expected. Chronicler, now to... You 
Uh, which side are you on? You're somewhere. Anyway, uh, sir, if you could just let us know how proud you are to be an LCK representative over, over in North America. I don't think we necessarily need to ask you, but if you could just tell the fans what it feels like to watch DRX absolutely destroy in planes. Hey guys, Chronicle here. Um, personally, I was very happy to see how well DRX did uh, throughout the plane stage. I was kind of in line with what you were expecting, which was a second place I actually predicted uh, RNG to get out of uh, the group in first place. Uh, so seeing them actually win in pretty classic DRX fashion with Deft and uh, uh, Zach above really popping off, I thought was uh, was very, very cool. And I'm really excited to see what they can do um, by the end of the group stage and uh, how well they will perform into the rest of the tournament. I guess this can uh, segue into talking about a few other things. Um, that we have on our docket because the meta is where we need to go. And so talking about shifting um, metas and the fact that Mad now look okay, the segue was all right. However, my execution, not exactly the best, but let's get into it, gentlemen. We got there. <laughs> the way the game has changed, and it's changed a lot. And uh, we need to talk about this in the context of how it's going to affect our LCK teams. Um, very difficult for us to know exactly how it's going to affect all of the group stage at Worlds. But I have a feeling things are moving away from the bottom lane hypercarry. And so what does that mean for us? Well, I think that it means Kai'Sa is kind of going to be one of those default champions that is the one that you get as AD carry when you prioritize it because she's very versatile. She can work um, you know, with her Kraken Slayer builds, obviously, as a traditional AD carry in front to back, but also has the dive potential with a lot of different compositions if you want to go that way. Um, and... We have a pretty nice set of Kaisa players uh, in the LCK. <laughs> mm. I, I think that Aphelios is another one that's, that jumps out at you, and we have really good Aphelios players across the board. Guma, you see, obviously, it's a better champion for him than his Sivir has looked, than his Zeri has looked, I think, in, in yeah. terms of laning as well. So these champions kind of coming back up, the, the standard AD carries, it's, it's never really there, the ones that get big changes, minus some AP nerfs to Kaisa. It's usually the other AD carries rotate in and out whenever the top AD carries get nerfed. We go back to Aphelios, Kaisa, etc. Um, so I think that's good for us. I also think that um, going back to an Aatrox-oriented meta is really good for the LCK. Um, even Doran, who kind of weak link on Genji sometimes, likes to play Aatrox a lot, so it's good for him. Uh, those are the two big takeaways for me so far. Yeah, um, you know, even just tying it into how DRX has looked, I think that... Um you know, when people think about death, they can obviously initially think about Jinx, Caitlyn, you know, a couple of, like, big picks for this player. But he, I don't have the stats in front of me, but off the top of my head, like, he played a lot of different AD carries, even in LCK Summer. Oh, yeah. uh, the guy is very versatile. He's been around for years. Like, they, he can pull out the old stuff if he needs to, right? Um so I'm I'm very happy that like in this in this meta where we're seeing a lot of new things, even though everybody was playing only two champions basically for the entirety of summer. Now it's like oh well, there are like six different AD carry champions. I think Deft is going to be ready for that, um, and Zeka as well. Like the the mid lane meta is very interesting because uh, towards the end of summer it was like okay, either you get a Zir and you like try to dominate lane, and then we saw the slow increase of like. Silas and Akali, especially into picks like that, uh, coming back in, but then also just getting stronger and stronger. So Zeka's going to feel really great in that meta. And just think about the other mids we have as well. Like, <laughs> you got uh, Chovy, Faker, and Showmaker, right? So yeah, um, these guys are all going to be very happy with that. The other, the other 
you know, the other lanes are going to be pretty interesting too. Um, if it gets into a really bruisery top meta, I am a little bit worried for Doran. Um, I think he's had a lot of time to practice, but can he like pick up the Fiora? Can he pick up the Camille? Can he pick up the Jax and like really try to carry from there? Will be interesting to see for me. Yeah, I feel like Doran is one of those players, though. He defaults to playing carries Akshan. the majority of the time. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Um, Akshan is like more like <clears throat> a, a marksman top counterpick okay. option, okay? And so, therefore, it's not to be compared to Camille. which Like Timo, play. right? Which was also played in like plans. Like <laughs> <laughs> I like the vein a little bit more than the Timo, personally. <laughs> Although, seeing ADD back on stage is uh, very, very fun. Him and Jelly. Oh, man. Mm. Uh, a little bit sad that they didn't uh, make it any further in the tournament. But still, um, great to see a lot of our players returning. Um, at least representing other regions. So, we can check them out one more time. Um... But yes, getting back on topic, uh, the mid lane meta is literally Zekka's champion pool from what we've seen yeah. so far. Like the most successful champions in mid lane are like Silas, Azir, and Akali. And the only thing missing is Ari, which is still playable, but not exactly the greatest. Mm. And if you think about that in the context of, like you say, uh, all of our mid laners, I mean, everything is Chobi's main champion, so we don't really need to talk about him. Chobi Silas is insane. Yeah, Chobi Silas. You know who Silas is also insane? Is Faker's. (laughs) (laughs) Faker Silas is actually insane. Like, my um, mind was blown by some of the plays that he had. And he's not really like the carry guy anymore, but. He plays Silas like he yeah. goes he goes back in time or something like he's I don't know he's crazy on that champ. His four man Nar ultimate on Silas I think it was at Worlds like two years ago three years ago was still it's still one of the best individual plays I've seen mm. on the international stage. Um, so yeah, uh, everyone pretty good at the old Silas, but LeBlanc's still there as well. Like there are a lot of uh, players finding some success, and so that means Showmaker well and truly taken care of. How about we, Vex? Yep, Vex, Vex is popping yeah. off and. If you look at Showmaker's solo queue over the last, like, year and a half, he's still playing a shitload of it. So it's, like, Ari, Vex, I think LeBlanc or something like that are his top three still. Like, Mm. he puts so many games into Vex. Mm. And Trovi as well. I think Trovi's had probably the best Vex game. He is our best Vex player. uh, But he's not best every player. Like, (laughs) uh, I, I, uh, what's really interesting to me is I think the mid meta hasn't really changed that much on this patch, except champions like Akali are a little bit more viable. And it was playing, so we, we saw, you know, some Yone and stuff like that. But I think that mid is more important now because yeah. the AD carry meta has moved away from extreme hyper carry Sivir and Zeri. So the mid laners need to actually be able to position well and do damage because for a lot of the end of LCK and our uh, world's qualifiers, it was kind of like, oh, you're mid, you're kind of softening them up a little bit, but then the AD carry is going to come in and finish everything off, and that's yeah. the end of that. So you could position yourself a little bit more aggressively, because if you died, it wouldn't matter, because if you got half the health bars while doing so, then Sivir comes in and cleans up, or Zeri comes in and cleans up. Now you actually have to kind of survive longer and play a team fight longer in general and play safer. And I think our mid laners have historically been extremely good at that. I think especially the Western teams are notorious for their mid laners trying to do that, but then getting caught, losing their mid laners at the beginning of fights and stuff like that. I think that's one thing that LCK is amazing at is actually being a carry in a team fight as mid laners. Um, you know, obviously things like Akali, Yone, th- stuff like this is a very different story, but Azir, Victor, I think we're very good at as a region. I think Victor will continue to return mm-hmm. to this meta. So I do think the mid meta outside of our incredible laning phase that we have in the LCK is going to be really good for team fighting too. 
No, I 100% agree. I think that it will it will um, work out quite well. But we need to talk about Genji um, because Genji, I think, are going to suffer the most. Um, you mentioned already uh, Doran's struggling a little bit. Uh, well, has struggled in the past a little bit. I think he's probably the least reliable um, as as far as like uh, the players on Genji. Yeah. Just he has had the tendency to not perform to his potential I mean, look in at high the other pressure situations on his team. Like. That is a difficulty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Peanut's another one though, because Peanut has had ups and downs. Um, he's looked fantastic internationally, but he's also had some of these, uh, you know, fall off a cliff moments. There have been, um, yes, a few of those times over the years on many different teams um, internationally. Yeah, I mean, talking about Genji, I think. We've kind of touched on Chovy a little bit. Like, I think he's going to be probably the best mid at Worlds, I would say. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Like, he's already... I think so, yeah. He's already, like, one of the top in LCK. A lot of people can put him at number one. But I think that <laughs> now that it's, like, you know, Silas, Sakali, Yone, Vex, like, this guy is just going to pop off every single game. Like, I, it's going to be hard to contain him. And then Peanut, like... Jungle roll is pretty interesting. I don't think we learned a lot from DRX, to be quite honest, because <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, pick me the tree, and I will uh, farm the things. And uh, the majority I'll, of their I'll games, DRX didn't even play their main jungler. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. What so you're about. Yeah. you know, like I don't think we learned a lot from LCK junglers. At least I, I think we learned a lot from guys like Elioya from Mad Lions and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, so I I could definitely see Peanut just kind of. Just vibing in his in his in his spot, like okay, I just help Tovi and try to help Doran not feed. <laughs> like we'll be pretty good. <laughs> we'll be pretty good. And then Tovi dominates lane. Doran can dominate lane. I mean, the guy is pretty good. And then bottom lane is the most reliable lane we've seen um, at the LCK so far, and that's part of the reason why they won. Now the question is, can Ruler? You know, Ruler's very good at those like hyper carries, like the Zeris, like the the Sivers. Can he? go into kind of a changing meta and kind of figure it out. Like, we've seen his Lushinami was really strong as well, obviously, but will he be ready for, you know, picking up the Tristana, picking up the Kaisa? I would assume so. I mean, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think he'll be all right. I think so, the Kaisa Rakan was something that uh, Genji found, a, like, so much success on um, in the past. For example, when he was yeah. playing with life. I, uh, I'm not, like super confident about rulers kaisa but he has a lot of time and he's had a lot of time to get it ready um and i mean i say that and like it's maybe a 95 out of 100 instead of a 99 or 100 out of 100 for for ruler so not a huge issue there uh for doran going back to the discussion about you know what he brings to the team and what he may be a you know he may cost his team is that he's a very emotional player we talk about this all the time but when you play sejuani top every game like he did for so long this year yeah. If you go O2, you're still going to do CC from long range as Sejuani. Like, you're going to be okay. But if you go O2 on Aatrox, for example, or go O2 on Fiora or Jax, then you're going to have big problems. And Doran, sometimes when he goes O2, he doubles down. He's like, I got to get gold. And then he tries to all in again. Then he goes O3. And then the enemy uh, top laner who's playing a similar carry type top side or a split pushing top side gets ahead. So that's a concern. So they're going to have to keep him, uh, you know, in check. In check. Bit, yeah. Peanut also played so well in summer season, but specifically around getting ruler fed. And he played bottom side almost exclusively mm -hmm. because Toby doesn't need help ever. 
And obviously topside was just tank versus tank 90% of the time. So there wasn't a lot of attention there. So Peanut will have to change his entire playstyle. I mean, for he'll have to change the playstyle based on the meta now. It's not going to be Trundle every game or Poppy every game. Um, so Peanut is a big question mark for me. I'm not worried about him, but I'm really curious to see how he his version of this meta is, what he's thinking is the best way to play it. Um, because I think that's... What what Doran may lack for Gen G, I think Peanut will have to make up for big time, and I think he's definitely up to the task. But we don't know yet what his plan for that is going to be. I actually think that uh, the meta suits Peanut so well because Hecarim got giga buffed. He's always been a helicopter horse fan, and Graves is like almost permabanned at the moment. If you remember his time on LGD, like he literally solo carried games like that was how he dragged that team to the world mm. championship um when he was uh over there in china and so i think that uh peanut's certainly in a great spot meta wise um to be successful and i'm glad that you bring that up because you add the fact that like chovy is probably in heaven with the champions that he can play right now like getting lane pressure in mid is going to be almost guaranteed then you can choose to play for bot lane or top lane depending on what ruler is going to be playing. Because you can still play through bot side. It just depends what you're going to get and what that means for you because these Herald fights have been relatively important and there's been a lot of bruises in volatile matchups that need help or at least um, to like counter gank assistance and stuff like that. What about T1 though? Okay, this is, the one, this is the one that gets interesting. <laughs> right, yeah. Genji's pretty easy, but okay. I, I, the first thing I want to say about T1 is I think the player who is negatively impacted by this meta the most is Owner, actually. I don't think mm. that it is a... I don't think it is a hands uh, jungle meta. I think it is a brain jungle meta. And I think we're going to be seeing... Because uh, Owner played around bottom side, like I was talking about with Peanut earlier. But it was kind of like, that's what you do. This is the meta, and it's very basic, and it's very obvious. And he played it really well. And in early duels and skirmishes, he played extremely well on... Champions like Lee Sin, where he can show his mechanical prowess. But can you guys even, like... Remember when he played Morgana in the finals, and we were like, okay, he doesn't really know what he's doing there, and, like, he can't actually express his skills? I'm trying to imagine Owner playing Maokai, and I just can't do it. <laughs> can't see it. Like, I can't... Yeah. Like, it is not his play style. It's not his style of champion. You put him on the ag aggressive bruisers, the Xinjiao, you put him on Lee Sin... Um, even Trundle, you know, he's, he does pretty well with that, but you put him on junglers like the Maokai and, you know, or you have to make more complex decisions now because you're, like you were saying, Atlas, are you playing around bottom side? Are you playing around top side? What's your draft looking like? T1's drafting has looked suspect. Um, they have the new, new quote unquote, Bengi coach coming in for this. So maybe things will be fixed a little bit, but I am worried about what owner is going to do um, because I think he really needs to think about the game more in a macro sense and less of a micro sense. I'm not saying he's a bad macro jungler, but compared to the, some of the opponents he will face in this group stage and potentially in a round of eight, I do wonder how he will look. I have one question though, because now that we move past the uh, LCK finals patch, which I actually also thought was bad for owner because yeah, he's yeah. not a poppy player. And so they then have to ban Poppy every single game. They lose a ban slot and they're playing against Gen G. That's basically why they lost in a lot of ways. But now that they don't need to worry about that as much, doesn't that sort of benefit him? You can still play some Lee Sin, even though he's not great. Like, Xin Zhao is still in a pretty good spot. Um, Viego, Viego is still pretty good, too. Like, he mm -hmm. can play Viego. Like, those are champs he has to kind of play and focus on. And 
I do agree that now that they're not worried about Poppy every game, um, and his trundle, like I said, he was okay on it, but he wasn't amazing on it. Um, that does allow him to have a little bit more flexibility in jungle. They could pick for him later on in the draft because there's still a lot he can play. But I think he takes kind of a, a hit in this meta, not necessarily as much because of the jungle pool, but because of how less binary the game is. Like, he has to think a lot more. He has to think about a lot more vertical jungling, a lot more, am I going topside here? Am I helping Faker out? Am I helping out Gumiusi and Karia? Yeah, I, I think that uh, the meta is definitely a big question mark for T1. I think they have an opportunity because they are good enough, especially, like, compared to the group stage teams. Um, like, we're, we're talking about, like, their finals against Genji, but that was Genji as well because it wasn't just, like, the poppy. It was, like... Oh, we can't play Yumi, which is god tier broken, so we have to ban that, and we, you know, we can't leave that open. We can't play it, so Gen G doesn't have to ban it um, and stuff like this. But <clears throat> like, I think they have an opportunity. Like Faker, I think as well as I was mentioning before, I think he's going to be very comfortable in this meta uh, as well. Um, so maybe they just play like really aggressive topside and just try to like actually continue playing with owner on his strong champs and they're like okay we've got zeus and faker that can play aggressive stuff you get like an atrox you get like a silas in mid and then you know it's going to be very um very aggressive very sinful if you want to look at it in that light but um i think they can definitely body a lot of teams just through hand stiff and stuff like that now it does raise questions about how far they can go in the tournament with that play style so it, it is a little bit of a risk for that team i think like where if you put all your eggs in one basket and you're like, okay, we can do this kind of style, maybe it'll work against the, you know, the C9s in their group or like the Fnatic or even the EDG. But, you know, how's it going to work when they later face off against JDG, Top Esports, G again? You know, they can't just body these teams. So that is a little bit of a question mark. It, I, I feel like it could work out very well for them because um, I, I think we have it written down here that Beryl was talking about how like, the play-ins meta and the group's meta is always different as well. So yeah. who knows? Maybe they can kind of like reinvent the wheel a little bit. Well, maybe go back to the old wheel and, you know, just continue putting owner on Viego, put him on, you know, anything aggressive really like Elise in and just try to continue with that. Yeah. Uh, I wonder which uh, is going to be the uh, the Amumu of, the, uh, of this world championship. I think we have to talk about Zayus too going into this. Yeah, we do. Uh, because Nar is a champion again. Nar is a champion again. Uh, Zayus looked really good on Renekton. His Aatrox was looking pretty good uh, towards the end when we suddenly, the last patch uh, for the LCK was a little bit more Renekton, a little bit more Aatrox. Mm -hmm. um, he has had some really weird games on Renekton where he builds weird items and just completely falls off. But I think overall, like on a normal day, he's a really good Renekton player, a really good Aatrox player. Renekton definitely not uh, as meta, obviously, going into Worlds so far, but still, same vein of champions. His Fiora is still kind of a question mark for us. His Jack is still kind of a question mark for us, but the guy has proven that he is an insanely mechanical player, uh, and I think if he has the right leadership around him, if Faker is telling him what to do, if the coaching staff is preparing really well, he is going to be an absolute god at this tournament, I think, and... He's one of the carry top laners for the LCK. You know, mm -hmm. like you talk about Doran and King, and you're like a little bit inconsistent. Like King is probably not going to mess up. Like he's kind of the middle one. He's the neutral one. Um, Doran, he's very wildly inconsistent. So he could be the strong side. He could be the weak side for your team. It depends on the game. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Zayas is always going to be a strong point for T1 uh, consistently here, no matter what. Um, I, I feel really confident that he's going to look good here. 
for Don Juan, you know, Nuggery, hard to say at this point <laughs> in time, but uh, I, I think that Zayas yeah. is, is something that a lot of teams may overlook because of his weak performances at the end of LCK, despite mm. actually overall being an insanely mechanical player. So teams might underestimate it. Potentially. I mean, I, I'm personally just... I, I need to see 369 versus Zayas. I just cannot, cannot wait for that matchup. Um, mm. I think they are probably like the two battling for, for best top lane um, in the tournament right now, possibly even best players in the tournament. Like Zayas just, like you say, it's just a mechanical god. That's why I didn't mention him that much in T1 yeah. because you just assume that that it's one... It's kind of a given. It's like when you talk like about Gen G. Like Chobi. obviously they will have mid lane pressure. Yeah. In, in T1's case, obviously they will have top lane pressure. Yeah. And maybe they'll also just win the game through top. Top lane is just very interesting though because there is a bit of whiplash that is going on with that. You know, like we had Spring where Zeus looked like a god and he looked like a god in summer as well until, you know, the very end. Um, but we went from pretty much only tanks and you know a little bit of like gnar and other stuff thrown in there to okay now we're only <laughs> bruisers uh i hope you guys have hands now that you uh, took a season off and basically just sat there and played orn um at least in the lck i should say um but yeah i think that zeus is going to be totally fine I, I think it'll be a lot like chovy like as long as his mental state is there because he still is a relatively young player like as long as he's on his game he should be having a really fun time because, I mean... He's so good. He's we we so know good. he'll be able to play the Fiora, the Jax, you know, mm. as, as much as I don't, I don't want to see too much Jax. You um, are a big Jax hater. <laughs> I hate Jax so much. I think it's bad. Without Yumi, that is. But Yumi never gets through. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think he'll be totally fine. What about the bottom line, though? Guma and Karia? I think Karia is back in a really great spot because he can play engage supports again, but we still need to see whether Gumushi is... Um, that's a wait and see, okay. I think. Yeah. That's for me, like a little bit of a wait yeah. and see because Guma, he looked really good on two champions. They were Kalista and they were Draven. Uh, they, those are the two champions that he could dominate lane in. But you put him on the Zeri, the Sivir, or even in some cases like Kaisa, Aphelios, he was looking very weak in the laning phase um, in the last meta, the la during LCK Summer, I should say, the last season. Um, I say weak, but compared to like the rest of our top four, um, like Deft was yeah. better than him, right? Ruler was clearly better than him. So, uh, and Duck Dom was on average, I think, better than him at the end. So, it's weird because he's he was a player who was so heralded to be the next big thing, and he won out over Teddy in that role, which was an extremely competitive role. It's crazy to think that both these players played on the same team. It's like still mind blowing to me. Uh, just a year ago that these guys were competing for the same spot. He won out, but after he got the position, like after it was his spot, he's just been kind of middling. And it's it's a, not about like the meta, I think. I think it's about a headspace for him and like where his mentality's at. So if he's in a good place and he's looking good in those first few games, I think then we're like, okay, like it's a good meta for him because Kerry has engaged supports. He can play Thresh again a little bit. Lots of Leona. All right, maybe this works works out well. But I think it's one of those things that we can't realistically predict until we see it happen because it does feel like it's not a stylistic thing. It's not a champion pool issue. It's just a how is Guma's form looking kind of issue. Yeah, I agree. And I think sometimes there is some coordination um, being missed there on the bottom side of late, right? Because we were touting this team as, the, as this bottom lane is the best in the world moving into MSI. And then that uh, ever since that point, it's sort of been off a cliff. Uh, we do need to talk about Damwon Kier though. And uh, I think that patch-wise, 
it's looking pretty good <laughs> for this team. Like, you look at Aatrox, Renekton meta, top lane, or, like, Aatrox, Jax meta is even better. Camille, massive. Like, it's Nogri's old champion pool, bar Jax, that's just been brought back. Um, so he's psyched. Um, the So if you look at, like, Canyon's most successful champions of all time... Graves? They are the... <laughs> that is the jungle pool, like, right now. And yeah. even Karthus is in a great spot at the moment as well. Like, he can play some fiddlesticks. <laughs> Lilia is back as well. Yeah. Like, what yeah. the yeah. actual is happening? Like, Canyon... It's just Canyon's... Canyon's meta. He's uh, He won Worlds on a meta like this, and he's feeling very good about it. Showmaker as well. We mentioned already that LeBlanc's in an okay position. Vex as well is another one of Showmaker's big picks that has found so much success. Shout out to Yaharong. He looked phenomenal on the champion. Um, good old Grace. Um, but I, I think that this team is is looking real set up. And it's about whether Doc Dom and Kellen can settle back into more, more of that facilitative role on the bottom side, um, which... I think that they should be able to do. I think so too. It's also Aphelios uh, is really strong right now. Still, I, I think am. he's one of those picks that like once all the other eighty carries are banned, you're like, okay, we got Kaiser, we got Aphelios. Like that's a common matchup you end up seeing. So it's really good for Duckdom. But I think Canyon has always been, even with the massive roster changes to Dom One Kia, Canyon has been the reason why this team has always looked good overall internationally. It's a great meta for him. So I think he makes Showmaker look better. It's a great meta for Canyon, but I think he makes Canyon look better. Or rather, uh, for Nuggery, Nuggery yeah. For mm -hmm. Nuggery, I think he makes Nuggery look better. And, uh, you know, for Duck Dom and Kellen, as a result, I think a lot of pressure will be off of them, so they will naturally be able to play that facilitative role like you were talking about. Um, I'm suddenly, like, angelic here yeah, as the I lights know, come like on. Become, <laughs> bit, yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> I think Damwon, I've been saying this all year. It's like, okay, Damwon is a flexible team in terms of the meta. They tried a lot of stuff in summer. They weren't, like, locked into one playstyle. They were playing the Karthus. They were experimenting a lot. And I kept saying, well, when it comes to Worlds, if they make it there, like, they're going to be ahead of the curve, too, because they probably already were practicing Maokai, you know, as a flex pick. They probably were already preparing for this meta extremely well. They're already moving away from, from Sivir and from Zeri. So I think this is a very smart team. It's a great meta for Canyon. And I think Damwon Kia will surprise a lot of LCK fans, I think, who are a little bit down on them. Uh, I think for the fans internationally, they'll be like, oh, that's the Damwon I know because they did very well internationally. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but I think, uh, you know, for LCK fans that, who are kind of like, eh, it's a tough group, I think it will be. And I think JDG is, is my favorite to get out of that group in first place. But I think Damwon will look really good. I think they'll be potentially, as the meta evolves, even stronger in quarters. Dalmon are just uh, a really scary dark horse team. Like, you you guys are really hitting it on the head. And I think that um, even the narrative part of it, like, the entirety of this year of LCK, if you think about it, it's been Genji T1 again. Like, back again, here we are. Uh, for spring, for summer, once again, you know, T1 did it, Genji did it. Where's Dalmon? You know, they've been through changes. Nuggery came back and all, all this weird stuff. They have a new bottom lane. Barrel's not there anymore. Like, where's their leadership? Can they make it happen? It's been kind of a weird meta for Canyon all year. I think that now we're finally getting a, a good Canyon meta. Um, it's a good Showmaker meta as well. We talked about this before. Like, it's great for all our mids. Um, as we saw with Zeka, he was kind of like the fourth pin in a row yeah um but showmaker is insane on all these champions as well like uh, he he has some of the best hands out of all of them so um it's just such a scary dark horse team like their third place from lck very quietly you know coming on in everybody's talking about even abroad you know talking about t1 talking about Genji, how they're the new big hotness and 
all of a sudden DK's gonna come in and they're gonna be like, hey guys, <laughs> remember <laughs> yeah. us? Like, remember 2020? And maybe, you know, like, I, was it, um, I think it was Chronicler who put like uh, 10% Dom One Win Worlds or something? Like his 90 50 10. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It yeah. might have been that, or maybe it was just about play ins, but either way, like, he's talked to me before where he's like, Maybe Dom won't just win the whole thing. Like, could be like the, uh, we were just talking about this before the show as well. Like, maybe Sooning gets through it. Like, mm-hmm. as the yeah. third seed, maybe this is Dom won's year. You know, like, everybody expected Gen G, and then all of a sudden, Dom won comes in. The meta is really on point as oh long as, God. as long as, like, <laughs> the players are ready and they can play well. I think uh, they have a really good chance. Back again, Peanut. Once more, undefeated in the group stage. They get to the knockout stage and they're like, oh, we're against Darmwon? Easy. Three zip, <laughs> then Darmwon wins Worlds and Peanut has to suffer through that again. Oh, like no. he did on Longju. It could happen. Oh my god. Or it was Kingzone at the time, because that was mm, the yeah, year yeah. that they uh, just, just changed. So, oh my god, no, that timeline cannot exist. Oh, I feel dirty. Darmwon are really scary. <laughs> Yeah, they are. I just, Very scary. I, I feel like everything that we've all felt about Damwon, like, might finally come to, like, a real head here. Like, it might actually yeah. come to, like, the, all of the buildup is about to, to hit a climax for Damwon fans because there's just, there's just too many things that look really good for them. And I, I think Canyon is the most important, most pivotal part of this. And I just want to remind everyone, this was the guy who won Worlds in 2020 and was Worlds MVP. Uh, everyone was saying he is undisputedly the best jungle player in the world. And this year, I think part of why he has looked weaker, and he was the most criticized member, I think, of Dom One outside of Nuggery, obviously, who everyone was like, oh, Nuggery's back, he's going to be amazing. And then he didn't live up to expectations. But a lot of people were like, man, is Cannon even a top five jungler right now through a lot of the season? But I think it's because the meta, I don't want to say it wasn't his meta, but he was like, no, I'm actually going to play Kiana. Like I'm actually gonna play Karthus. I'm gonna I'm gonna experiment with a lot of stuff. I think he was not as focused on a smaller pool, so looked weaker as a result. But he was honing all these other skills and learning about the games in a wider way than before, which I think is why he's one of the smartest junglers in the world. So I look forward to seeing what he's gonna play. I want to see him on Maokai. I want to see him on Karthus. I want to see him on Lee Sin and obviously Graves. I want to see him on the whole package, and I think that's what he's gonna show us. It's gonna be really difficult to ban against them because especially if Nuggery proves that he can, like, dominate with some kind of strong side top or, like, split push kind of top, like a Fiora Camille. Like, we obviously know his Camille is insane, but he needs to show that he can play it again. Mm -hmm. Uh, If he can do that, then, like, what do you ban against this team? It's just so difficult because I think Canyon is obviously going to prove that he can pull out all sorts of insane stuff, but also is going to be, like, 10 out of 10 on... At least three meta picks, which are like <laughs> yeah. Graves, Hecarim, and Lilia, probably. Lilia, or like even even the Trundle, like he can pull that out easily. He can play Sejuania. I don't think he should because I think he will have a bigger impact on other on other champs. But like, how do you play against this when also like Silas, Akali are kind of like in this weird spot where they're like on the cusp of being not perma ban, but it's like against some teams you just have to ban it. And I think Showmaker can easily make that, like, somewhat permaban against Dominus. So, I mean, you don't have six bans, so, like, what are you going to do You need, like, team? 11. You need, like, yeah. 11 bans against this team. Because the thing that Lilia being decent brings is Showmaker's crazy Yone. melee champion pool. Like, yeah, yeah, it's Yone, <laughs> but it's also Aatrox flex mid. It's Renekton, Renekton. mid. Like, yeah. 
Connect and Talia. Talia's in the meta as well. Yeah, exactly. Didn't even talk like, about that. That was perma ban like, against Domlin this entire season. Yeah, like <laughs> one of Canyon's oh, best man. picks. Oh it's my still God. still heavily banned uh, so far. It's basically three out of ten games. Uh, in, there are a lot of great so far. Talia players. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Niski that was playing um, extremely well uh, on the pick also. So yeah, Talia still looking very very strong. Um, yeah, I think the way we're talking, it's kind of like. Maybe maybe dumb ones actually just going all the way. Based on ha- what we've seen, scariest star course in a while. No, absolutely. Scariest what they need to do is fix up their coordination problems. Right? You mentioned Beryl leaving. I think that was a big uh, voice in the team whenever they were in comms. <laughs> well, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we were talking about this, but that's the only thing that I want to see properly fixed. And as soon as that gets, if that gets fixed, then uh, this team is definitely in contention. Um, Who's making those calls and stuff like that? Um, we're yet to find out. Okay, um, we've spoken a lot about uh, how we think League of Legends is going to be played in the group stage. Chronicler, what do you think? You've had on-the-field testing done uh, with planes. What do you think is going to happen in the group stage, especially for our LCK teams? So, for group stage, um, I, I am actually from the future. So, I have a, a little bit more intel. But coming into the group stage, uh, I'll give what were my thoughts initially, and then I'm going to cheat a little bit and use some future knowledge uh, to kind of give my thoughts on what we've seen so far, because uh, I'm recording this after the first day of the group stage. So my thoughts were Genji's going to smash everyone. Um, I don't think that the meta should be a problem for them. And as long as they can get a good meta read, I really trust a lot of the players, so no matter what, T1, I Kind of following with you guys, I'm not too, or I wasn't rather too sure whether or not they would be able to kind of shake off. Uh, I think some of the rust that we've seen, it's not like they were ever bad, but with T1, there's always really high expectations, especially after the spring that they've had. And the cohesion just didn't look that great. Uh, and then, yeah, Domon was my uh, 10% uh, pick to win Worlds. I also put them in my crystal ball, which um, I think was a, was a really big risk, uh, but... <laughs> I wanted to just uh, take a big gamble with that. Um, Genji seemed like a no-brainer, but no-brainers don't always come true. Um, so overall, I thought, uh, yeah, the RX probably somehow still make it out of groups, even though I don't think they should. I think that that team uh, has too many weaknesses, but <laughs> we'll see how that happens uh, outside of the context of the LCK. And then I, I paused for a little bit to make it easy. If you do want to cut this out, Ian, um, but I also do some future knowledge because um, I thought it'd be funny. So with what I've seen today in groups, uh, T1 look cracked. And if they can do it against ADG, uh, they should be good doing that to any team that isn't top esports of JDG <laughs> because they looked really, really good individually, which I thought was really cool. I think that draft was very high stakes, high reward, paid off. Uh, Genji had... Pretty subpar game. I think a lot of credit to RNG for being as good as they were, while simultaneously, uh, I don't think Genji will drop like that again. If they drop games against uh, Oyster or against um, 100 Thieves, then I get really worried. But I think one best of one drop isn't the end of the world as long as they can adapt. Uh, Damokia, we, you know, we had a, we thought the meta might be moving in that direction, and so far, looks like that's accurate. So very excited to see what the rest of the uh, Tournament is going to bring for the LCK, uh, but based on uh, today, I'm feeling pretty excited. Okay, it is now time for brass tacks, gentlemen. Let's get down to it. 
You need to put your money where your mouth is, and not necessarily money, just uh, just um, internet bucks. Um, prediction time. Group stage. Give me your pickums. What this, are they? Top two for each group. For me, it's like super cut and we, dry and really easy. We, we need to address the the gap in the room. Um, <laughs> I did you appreciate that game of long jump that they were doing? Yeah, uh, that that was very nice. <laughs> the accurate, the yeah. accurate representation of, the, uh, yeah. of how the game goes. By the um, way, um, this is this is the long jump that's actually real. By the way, if you could just these are two pieces of paper for Wolf. These two represent the LPL and the LCK. If you could just put them together and hold them up there. And uh, all of this paper, <laughs> all of this paper here is everyone else. Uh, if you could just hold them over there. That's, that's the gap, guys. Um, Mind the gap when you're near. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. this is maybe this is um, like the gam. Yeah, this is the gam. <laughs> There's we a gap. The gam. We can put the gam <laughs> in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. We got the gap and the gam. You, um, you know what they say in the New York subways? They say "mind the gap." They do. They say that in and London too. We, yeah. yeah, we have the uh, we have the group stage in New York, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think that's the biggest question mark and the biggest thing on everybody's minds. Like, are we just going to have <laughs> yeah. eight teams from LPL and LCK for each? And I think like, that's the smart prediction. Even even like even before we talk about each individual group, like that's the gap that needs to be called out. It's like. Is this the year that we we get this? I I think it's it's pretty likely. Uh, I don't, you know, it, what team? Like we talked about the gam in the middle. Like what team is going to do it if not gam? <laughs> like I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Flying Oyster, unfortunately. <laughs> like if Flying Oyster yeah. was in a different group, we could be like mm, maybe. Like if if Dom one or T one really messed up, but like. That's the that's yeah, like the group with uh, Genji um, I and have RNG. Had, so <laughs> I've had a lot of people ask me, "Do you think Rogue can beat DRX and get out second in Group C?" What? I <laughs> Rogue is lost. I don't in that see group. it. That sounds because... like that person's existential question. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. they're like, "Please validate me." <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Oh, no. Because Rogue, while they did look strong at times in the LEC, they did have some big setbacks in the playoffs as well. And I think their group is also really strong. Like DRX. They got, I think that's the group of death. Is really strong as well. Gam is really strong and, and top is, is one of our finals contenders. So yeah, <laughs> good luck, I, I guess. I, I'll, I'll like go like a little bit more concisely and just say who I think is going to win. And yeah. maybe why or man, if it's self-explanatory, maybe why not? Maybe I won't say why. Um, I think for Group A, uh, Fnatic could be a potential threat if T1 totally, totally bomb, um, and it, it's not their meta, or there's too many problems with the new coaching staff or something like that. But I expect probably EDG gets out in first, T1 gets out in second. I think T1 might be a stronger team than EDG at the end, but I think for groups, I don't want to predict that because I just don't trust T1 yet. For Group B, I'm feeling like it's going to be JDG first, Dom one second. Again, similarly, I think Dom1 could eventually become a better team than JDG, but for what those two teams looked like at the end of their respective regions, I think JDG looked like the better team. Um, top and DRX. Top Esports first, DRX second. Gam could be a wild uh, wild dark horse. Like It's a wild dark horse. It's like a dark horse, but Whoa. also very wild. Um <laughs> It's a Brumby. Untamed. I think there's no there's no way Rogue gets out of Group C, like 0% chance. Sorry, sorry, Rogue fans. Sorry, Malrang. But uh, 
I think TES probably is stronger than DRX. I think DRX could go out in the third if uh, GAM is looking way better than you know I expect, and DRX kind of some of those macro issues we saw in plans rear their ugly head again. But Group D, I think, is also pretty obviously Genji and RNG. Um, RNG did look kind of weak in play-ins, but as you were mentioning Atlas earlier, like doesn't feel like they really actually got yeah. it off the ground yet. They haven't really taken the meta very seriously. They're playing old comfort picks and just trying to hide strategies. So I think it's pretty fair to assume Genji and RNG get out. But I think there's no world in which Genji does not get out in first place. Like we might even see yeah. a world where Genji do not drop a single game in that group. And then they lose to Dom one in the knockout <laughs> No, Peanut, no, Wolf, stop saying oh, it. Oh, no. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, I think I 100% I, I agree. I actually think that um, I would have had the same top two in each group. In uh, Yeah. I'll go ahead and, and I'll give T1 a little bit of a nudge. I think they'll come out strong and they might falter later. Would Would be my slight change up on that. Like so maybe T one first. Maybe T one get first, C D G second, and then maybe T one struggle a little bit when it comes to knockouts, but I think group stage still probably perform pretty well. I think they can body a lot of teams, even EDG. I, I think they can come out and just kinda make bottom lane irrelevant and say, you know, good luck, Viper, you know, yeah. do your yeah, thing. I think whatever. That's the strat, you know? Yeah. Uh we're just gonna kill your top side of the map and win. Um so that's like really the one change. You know, we talked about how strong DK can be. So, again, sorry, LAC fans, but I don't think G2 will have much of a chance either. So, I, you know, it's it's pretty rough. That's a rough group for G2 to get in. Because if it were a different group, like if it were Group D or, like, even Group C, you know, like I could pick G2 over DRX. Like, I could do that. But I, I, can't, I can't pick them over DK. So... Uh, you know, that's the one team that kind of sticks out to me where I'm like, ooh, you know, <laughs> kind of yeah. a rough draw there, G2. But, you know, it happens. Uh, getting put in GDG's group is is just kind of a death sentence. And then with Dom1 uh, potentially being so strong. So, yeah, I mean, the other groups, like Group C is a little bit of a toss-up. It's kind of like a group of death because it's top esports and then the three other teams, who knows? Like, they are going to actually battle to the death. So maybe Rogue do get out, but I would say it's... It's kind of unlikely. Like I would favor towards Gamma and DRX as well, but I, I would give DRX uh, a bit of a leg up on Gamma as well. I think that's. Uh, I think they'll make it through. I, I think they're very, very well prepared for this tournament. So, and then Group D is really obvious. I don't think yeah, Group not, D is not like, too much to that one's real. Unless RNG just really are not a good team and we were like oh yeah maybe they just were kind of messing around in plans but then actually they're a weak team and then maybe flying oyster but i mean flying oyster is not a strong opponent if you put g2 in this group like i'm gonna be like oh g2 like you were yeah, saying Velas, like exactly. maybe they could beat uh rng but it's 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 kind of awkward because i think the weakest chinese team the weakest lpl team is in a group where they were just destined to get second because they have two otherwise very weak opponents uh here so yeah i think um I actually think that Group B and Group C are the interesting ones. I think, like you say, like Group D, um, that's that's Donzo. I agree with you, um, Valdez. I think T1 managed to beat EDG last year. I think they should be able to do it again in the group stage. Um, but Group B, yeah. I, I think on paper, Darmon Kier should be great. But I've bet like for Darmon Kier in the past... And I've been burnt for it. <laughs> yeah. When I True. expect them to be good. If I as soon as I expect them to be good, 
they suck. As soon as I don't expect them to be good, Darmon look amazing. Take, you know, regional qualifier, for example. Um, playoffs, for example. They looked uh, a lot better than expected. Um, G2 might also um, surprise us here because they're a, they're a team that also, I think, suffered a little bit at the hands of the meta. I think um, Rogue definitely overperformed massively in that final. Um, was a whole lot of fun to watch. But I also thought that Caps played like a god. And I think that the meta has only developed further towards facilitating mid lane carries. And I think a little bit less um, onus is on the bottom lane, which I think benefits G2 a lot with um, Broken Blade and Caps being um, big carries uh, for the team. So there's a, there's a bit of um, EU hopium there, but a little bit. I think it's, I, I'm never going to bet that, right? Like I'm never going to predict it. It's still just JDG done one. Sorry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think uh, what DRX looking so good has done is given us a little bit of assurance that this sort of prediction kind of makes sense. I think uh, RNG looking like they're still hibernating um, uh, before the group stage as well as another one. Um, but DRX, were they came out swinging. They looked really, really good. Mm -hmm. And that only means that the teams that are ahead of them on the, in the standings and also by like... Not a large margin, but an okay margin, I think. Like, our top three were better than the bottom three, and they were the ones that were sort of in contention, KT Sandbox and DRX, of course. Mm -hmm. It's just, it was a very competitive um, season of League of Legends um, this summer in the LCK. I think that it's really set us up well for Worlds um, this time around. So I'm almost like, because we got four teams out of groups last year, this year should be free. I think it's kind of how yeah. It goes. <laughs> I, I think so too. Um, the the question is how does the the seeding go? Because I we need first seed in every group. No, I'm like, do we want Korea versus Korea to guarantee a top four, or do we want uh, just Korea versus China across the board so we get it all top four Korea if we mm -hmm. win all? Of them. <laughs> oh crap! So we actually. <laughs> No, we just need to make sure that we have all second seed or all first seed. You have to choose a that seed means, and be that, you know? That means that Dalman needs to be JDG and DRX need to be top esports. So I don't think that's going to happen. Well, can Gen.G lose to RNG a few times? No. Just sprinkle that in there? They could, they I, don't could. Think I don't think they're physically capable of that. If DRX beats top esports... That's it, guys. We're getting a top four LCK. <laughs> Bring out the champagne already. LCK, LCK uh, winter semifinals. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the rematch of the LCK playoffs um, mm. as we move further into the knockout stage. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to go that way. I think. Isn't it LPL possible we get Gen GT1 in quarters? Yes. Is it If EDG beats T1 and Is it Gen possible? It is possible. First and second seed, and then it just... Yeah, kind of yeah. happens that way. It depends how it's drawn, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it can be. I think it's based on like who was in groups with who and stuff like that, sort of when it's like placed in. But like my brain sort of explodes when mm. you get into the rules of who's allowed to go into which. Um, I think in knockouts, it's more straightforward. I think it's just first seeds and second seeds. And yeah, but it is. I think it is randomly. But you drawn can't have them random. from. Yeah, you can't have first and second seed from the same group drawn yeah. into. Well, a, uh, best of five. yeah. Um, that's the only thing. So it's basically 50-50. So, yeah, you could, 50. Have, you could yeah. have Gen G T1 um, in a semi. It does. It is. Uh, let's let me look at one more thing before we close this out. Like, is it likely that we have like two Korea versus Korea 
uh, in the. It might be Civil it would, War. It would again. require Domlin to get first because I don't think DRX are beating yeah. top yeah, ever. Yeah, 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 like yeah. Domlin would have to outperform GDG, which I, I mean, hope that doesn't happen. But. It could happen, but that could also mean, as we're kind of alluding to, it could be like Genji T1, <laughs> Domlin DRX, and then you've got like. JDG Top Sports. It might be a good thing. Like, like get rid of the Chinese teams and buy the, RNG, buy the Chinese teams. RNG, the RNG, like that's our that's our quarters. No way, man. That would be. I don't want that to happen. I, don't, I hope that doesn't happen just for the fans that as that well. Happen. That's kind yeah. of like why are we watching two domestic leagues at Worlds? Yeah. I mean, it'll be like uh, that'd be kind of the 2020 thing, right? Where it was like Fnatic and G2, and then like civil wars on either side. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Fnatic and G2 just like in the middle of this fight between uh just uh yeah yeah that was that was a bit sad uh, how that one was drawn so fingers crossed that's not how it's going to go that'll do it from us though thank you so much for watching our world's interim episode of the pog state hopefully we're going to be back with one more before the ultimate conclusion of the world championship but uh thank you so much for watching once again and uh we we'll see you next time